You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network. Back for the second episode of our continuing coverage on a show that started 13 years ago, Lost Pilot Part Two. Uh, we're back to cover more stuff about mysteries and characters and monsters and polar bears um and much like the actual pilot this may or may not have been made at the same time as the first episode but it will be airing a week later so um we're splitting this up into two parts um so i will have to introduce myself and my name is noel groves and i just shot a bear and my name is ben and you're okay i like you <laughs> oh, that's such a cute scene. Uh, Setting up the bromance. Saeed. Yeah, the, the that classic bromance of Saeed. <laughs> the classic <laughs> romance so of the fat guy and the former Iraqi um, guard. <laughs> Torturer. Just such a such a cliche in modern TV, but uh, oh, they do it so well. Uh, so if you listened last week... Um, Thank this you. is basically a continuation. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and you're listening again? What's wrong Thanks, with you? Thanks, Catherine. Um, Thanks, Shedmeister. Appreciate uh, it. But this is just a continuation of last week. So it's pilot part two. It was all made together at the same time, aired a week later, uh, written by J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof, directed by Abrams as well. Um, so it's basically we're just picking up where we left last week because it kind of ended on a not a cliffhanger, but ended like not really a normal episode. So um, we pretty much can just pick up straight. We've already talked about the background. This was the first episode of Lost I ever saw. We already watched the first episode Ben or ever saw. Uh, so now we're both into it 13 years ago. And pretty much this episode picks up exactly where Jack and Kate and <laughs> I, I forgot Charlie too. Uh, they're heading back. They've got the transceiver now heading back to camp and we have our second flashback um which is this time it's charlie flashback charlie on the plane and we see a return of tv's kimberly joseph is back the star Uh, of this show yeah she's she's in all the flashbacks um she's more screen time than Locke at this the only time that (laughs) tv's esteemed uh kimberly joseph has had more screen time than Locke. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's actually true though um so she's back and charlie we saw like when jack's flashback we saw charlie zoom past him and excuse me excuse me um and this is where we learn what charlie was doing in uh the bathroom in part one because it's bad enough to be a uh, has been rock star, but he's also a has been rock star with a heroin addiction. So we're getting a lot of Charlie again. They wanted to utilize Dominic Monaghan as much as they could. Um, so Mary's on crack now, kids. Um, <laughs> Mary's very merry at this point. Yeah, post <laughs> ring, post ring destruction didn't go well for poor old Mary. Is, um, is he deliberate references to the ring here? Just because he's tapping away, like is that a deliberate like little in joke because of his background? Do you think, or has that ever been? I never thought of it like that, but maybe could be. Being the huge Lord of the Rings fan, I am. That was the first thing that I noticed. <laughs> uh, but so now we see kind of the flashback giving us an opposite side of the same thing we saw in Jacks, and we see a bit more of what the plane crash is like. And I always loved the. Like, what is it, like, the rubbish cart that comes zooming down and, like, that could have been the end of Charlie there. Um, But, yeah, big, big clue into Charlie's character right off the bat on part two of the pilot. Um, And straight after that, we move into, one of my favourite scenes is Maggie Grace or Shannon. Can we just talk about that for an hour? Uh, Yeah, that (laughs) And another scene as well in this episode. Um, Uh, Yeah. Uh, These are the scenes where I know I'm not gay, okay? You're not gay, but do you know that it blows my mind that Maggie Grace is, like, 20 years old here? Because I think she still looks, like, 27 or something. Maggie Grace has never aged a day. Uh, Like, I mean, I don't remember what the... I saw her in something recently, but she she hasn't aged. She's now... And she's 33 now. Jesus. She does not look 20 there. No. She looks I'm older than Maggie Grace is now, though. (laughs) There. Um, Maggie Grace is my sister's age. um, So, it's great... That's great to look at, uh, and we'll get the Kate bit. I love that in the pilot, they're just going all out, uh, just like Survivors, like, just get the bikini girls in here. Um, we had shirtless men in the first episode, so we're going we're gonna to Yeah, we had out. Uh, Matthew Fox's glorious chess hair, and now we get Maggie Grace, so glorious chess hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I like the kind of having Claire and Shannon together. It's kind of a fun little showing kind of the lesser important characters a bit. Uh, and we learn that the uh, she hasn't felt the baby in a long time. Um, and this is where we get Boone coming up and we learn that they're brother and sister, although there's much more to it than we think there is at the no. moment. Um, and then I love, I love Shannon's Shannon. Like again, we're going to defend, uh, talk about them and I'll defend Shannon a little bit, but Sawyer is a quote master. Hurley is a quote master, but Shannon is such an underrated. She has some of the funniest lines in the entire series. And I just love here. This is, yeah, that's my brother Boone. He's God's freaking gift to humanity. Um, <laughs> But she has some great lines. Episode 10, she's got two of my favorite lines of the entire series. Um, and then we get... I love these little kind of vignettes of just all the different big casts because it's such a big cast. Uh, we've got Jean gathering food and Sun with the classic kind of telling her to button up her green top, kind of iconic moment. Um, and we've got Michael coming up. We'll talk about this more in maybe episode six, but... It's kind of the first moment of this weird kind of son Michael relationship that they were going for early on that they never really fully developed, like this kind of tension there uh, and kind of the development of Jin's hatred for Michael. Um, and then we have Walt in the jungle looking for Vincent, even though he's supposed to be on the beach, and he finds a pair of handcuffs. Dun, dun, dun. Someone on the plane is a prisoner. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the opening. It starts kind of not like the first part where bang with a plane crash, but little moments of just because it's such a big cast they have to get through. So we get all these little moments. Yeah. Um, the the bit with Charlie on the plane, like, can I just question why? the Like, I mean, I'm guessing the flight attendants must assume that he's on drugs or something because why are they so like, sir, sir, you need to come out? Like, <laughs> he could have just been busting for a piece. Nervous uh, flying. Or like, I mean, God, if I'm ever on oceanic flight, you know, an oceanic plane in the future, which I hope I'm not, because I don't have exactly a good safety record. Um, I really hope I'm not busting for a, a you know, going to the toilet, because, hey, sir, you need to come out of there, sir, sir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go away! Leave me alone! I just ate your fucking curry! I'm doing a dump! Leave me out of it! Um, but I, I like, sort of, like, as you were saying before, how, obviously, like, when uh, he's running down the aisle and, like, Jack's got the whole, like, you know, excuse me section, like, how we kind of will get that in, in a lot of these flashbacks where, you know, when they're all, like, on the plane or in the airport, things like that, how kind of we see it from characters' different perspectives and we see what we've already seen in the background. Like, isn't there the yeah. scene, like, when they're in the airport and you see Jack, like, going off at them at the desk and, like, and we've seen that before, but we're seeing it, obviously, yeah. in the background. Little things like that. I like how they do that. Um, and I like how, like, yeah, he jumps across Boone and, um, Shannon and I'm, I'm with you. I'm just going to defend the shit out of Shannon. Like, I mean, I think uh, like everybody, when you first see this, you kind of hate her because you're meant to hate her. She's the annoying young, pretty girl who's going to be a pain in the ass. But I think if you can just appreciate her for what she is and just make the most of her and Boone, because <laughs> yeah, I, I, as I, really I said, do. I remember saying that to you last year when I'm watching it, like they're so underused and like, I just, yeah, like Shannon just. She's just got that snark about her, and she kind of becomes a bit of a hero at the end of this episode. Uh, and obviously, like as I said last episode, with Boone kind of just like, I'll do everything! And it's like, shut up, Boone, you kind of suck. Um, I just um, quickly add, because just to backtrack a little bit, you talked about continuity. Uh, like that was great to have the points of view. Um, just on one continuity thing that kind of irks me, because this is the last time we're going to be seeing TV's Kimberly Joseph for a while, um, <laughs> no. is that... Later on, we'll see her show up in the tail section mm. of the plane when we clearly saw she was chasing Charlie in the front section of yeah. the plane. But I like that they brought her back for like like a recognizable face that the viewers have already seen. But that kind of irks me a little bit. Yeah. I, it's I, minor. I didn't really notice that. But there, that's a good point you make with that. But um, yeah. Minor. Yeah, minor. But there are, there are little things. Again, as we said last episode, we can't exactly be, you know, complimentary. But yeah, hello, Shannon, lying on the beach. Um, <laughs> this uh, make me hit puberty all over again. Um, and we've still got another scene to come with that. But I, I, I like kind of how they have to go out of their way to kind of clarify that, you know, he's her brother. Because it's kind of like later on in this episode, particularly when Charlie's all like, you know... Oh, yeah, I'll definitely come along. I'll, I'll definitely help out. <laughs> I'm coming. Yeah, I'm definitely going. Like, it's kind of like... Because, you know... We, 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 we need this extra flirtation, don't we? We've always got to have these love interests. Um, Claire is... Can I just point this out? I'm not the biggest Claire fan. 
Um, uh, is there a Pierce Clever? Mrs. DeRaven. Um, <laughs> Mr. DeRaven. I, I don't know. I mean, this is the thing with, like, Australia's esteemed actress, Emily DeRaven. Or is it DeRaven? DeRaven, whatever. I have no idea. She really, like... Came into this, we didn't know who she was as Australians. I mean, we clearly weren't in like NIDA or anything like that. But like, I mean, it's not like they cast, um, you know, Steve Kimberly, Joseph, and Johnson together or something like that. You know, we we didn't really know. And she really hasn't been. She's not one of these actresses I feel from Australia who's like everybody knows is from Australia. If you know what I mean, like how we all know that Naomi Watts is Australian, Nicole Kidman. Like we love Naomi Watts, we love Nicole Kidman. You know, but. When do you hear everybody talking up that TV's esteemed Emily DeRaven from Lost? Um, so, anyway, but, I, yeah, we'll talk a lot more about Claire, but she kind of gives me the shits, let's be honest. <laughs> so, like, you know, when she says, like, oh, I haven't felt the baby, I'm kind of like, oh, what a shame. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just don't, like, it. a lot of the Claire baby stuff gives me the gee willy winkies. Um, it's a phrase I haven't said in a while, but anyway, <laughs> just came out of my inner 17-year-old self watching this show. Um and yeah, I, I love that line, God's frigging gift to society. But um, the whole, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the whole, like, son uh, Michael thing, because, like, that to me was one bit that just seemed, it seems weird that they're like, I, I mean, I kind of get that at this point we think Jin's a bit of a dick, he's the controlling husband of son, and, you know, obviously they're, she's just controlled and she wants out and free, which I guess, you know, we get explored, of course. But the, the one thing that I, I love... Sun and Jin. I love them. They're two of my favourite characters. Yeah, they're great. Love them to bits. But, like, it kind of does irk me early on that Jin is such a dick and, like, it doesn't really play into his character later on, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't yeah, know definitely. if you kind of feel that way. Just I think they overdo the dickness early on with, with him. But, like, it just it seems weird that let's create a bit of sexual tension between the married couple and an extra person. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like, why? Uh, I- there's a reason they dropped that. Okay, well, okay. Soon, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I get. I that. mean, no, that is the reason. Like, why? Oh, okay, right. Okay, I, I also we'll like. Well, you mentioned obviously the setting up sort of the whole Michael, you know, Jin hatred of each other, which I think is good, of course. But um, one thing I guess you sort of I think alluded to it slightly in the last episode, and I guess it, this is a good point to just kind of mention something like this. Such a diverse cast, uh, they cast it so well that like a lot of people complain that casting and a lot of these shows isn't diverse, and it's just you know it's it's. 90% white actors and the rest, you know, a few token ones here. But this, I mean, this act, this cast is just brilliant. And it's, yeah, again, well, it's not even something you notice either. Like, obviously, Jin and Sun are kind of obvious because they're Korean and they're speaking a different language. But outside of that, it's not like you're going like, oh, you know, look at this person. They're clearly from here or they're clearly this, you know, token character. But, like, it's just, it's so well done, you don't even realise it. And I think that's what's one one high point to Lost and such an ensemble cast, such a diverse cast that it really does tick all the boxes and that side of things. I think, yeah, because this is the pilot episode, so it's something still the pilot we should touch on that another thing that makes this show so groundbreaking is you nailed it, that diverse cast. Um, if you look at it like, yeah, you got Jack, who's the hot mid-30s, kind of uh, black hair, kind of buff male lead. But, I mean, even he is like an incredibly flawed character. Um your main female lead is, you know, she's the hot late twenties kind of girl, but she's a criminal, and like, she's strong, okay. and she's strong. The female characters in this show are very strong. Yeah, there's some great female characters, but like our main female lead is a criminal um, on the run. And then, can we talk about? And we're going to talk about this character. He was barely in the first one, but three years after nine eleven. One of our lead characters mm-hmm. that we're supposed to root for is an Iraqi torturer. Yep. If that's not balls from the producers, I don't know what is. Like, this is at a time where like, there was a lot of like phobia, or even more so hatred today. I would, towards- I would say, and today it's still very hot, heated. But I would say even more so in two thousand four than it is today. Yeah, and it's just this is three years, like three years. Is not that long, and after nine eleven and September, this is when it premieres. So almost exactly three years, mm-hmm. um, and one of our lead characters is a, an Iraqi torturer. Um, it and on top of that, then you've got a fat guy, which is not actually that common. And yeah, he's the goofy guy, but he'll go on to be so much more than just the goofy fat guy. Um, you've got a redneck kind of asshole guy. You've got a couple that don't speak English are our lead characters. Like, obviously, there's a twist to that. But 
There's a show that's on television with 15 cast members and two of them don't speak English. Like, and then you've got a pregnant girl and who's Australian. It's just This cast is so amazing and that's, I think, what leads to its success. It's not 15, 30-something white, hot males and females. Like, yeah. It's really so diverse and... It's Borneo. Yeah, it's Survivor it, Borneo. It's, it's well casted. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, that's, I think, I think that's why I fell in love with it. Yeah, and I just on a side note, just quickly, there was like, uh, you know, say Naveen Andrews. I mean, I think that's it's, it is a very important point to point that out, and I think you're absolutely right. And and the one thing too that I will commend them too with it is that. Um, yeah, we get the reference in this episode and we get the T word used out. You know, of course, you're going to have to get that out and done with. I mean, let's be honest, you're on a plane with somebody at this point in time, they have to address it. You know, like, I mean, if they didn't, I, I, if they were able to do it, I think that would have been very clever. And I'm not saying it's just, you know, you have to because it's, it's, it's assumptions. But I mean, you're going to have someone on that plane who is going to jump to that assumption. And of course, it's going to be the redneck guy. And like that's, and I think, like, I don't mean that to be disrespectful to rednecks. Rednecks aren't listening to podcasts. They can't afford a radio. I don't know, but like, it's, that's, that's disrespectful to rednecks. They'll probably just murder me next time in America. But like, no, <laughs> shut up, digging yourself a hole, Ben. There's a point you should stop. And that was about three seconds ago. But my point that I'm trying to make is, is that the way they kind of address it and then they, that's it. Like you've got it over and done with and then it's kind of, you move forward with it. And like, I know jumping ahead here in this episode, but I, I love the sequence with him, the scene with him and Hurley, how kind of it's all like, you know, I was in oh, the Gulf War. Like, scene. oh dude, I, I knew someone. It's like, yeah, I was with the Iraqi Republic. Oh, you were the enemy. Okay, cool. Thanks. <laughs> like it's yeah. very well done. And I love Naveen Andrews. Yeah, he's great, but I just got to say, Naveen Andrews does a terrible Iraqi accent, but... Um, he's British, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, but he, he's great, though. Saeed is a character. We're going to have a lot of fun with him, at least for the first four seasons. Then I won't have many positive things. But, very um, well seen actor known, uh, best known, I would say, as Pindy in Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> yeah, Pindy. Um, Hashtag rest in peace, Bill Paxton. So, I mean, speaking of Saeed, uh, we have kind of this fight between Sawyer and Saeed. You mentioned alluded to it with the terrorist thing. And then <laughs> Saeed calls him a redneck. Um, Sawyer just being a huge racist. Um, and then we get his first nickname. Shut up, Lardo. To, uh, <laughs> We're going to get a lot of great nicknames, I think, from uh, you've got Sawyer. The, you've got it in the book, don't you? You've got it there. The Lost yeah, Encyclopedia. I've got the Encyclopedia. I think they name either all of them or the best of. Um, uh, so, yeah, there's this fight and kind of the first real moments of Sawyer and Saeed we get. Um, then we have Saeed who will fix the transceiver. Of course, uh, Sawyer doesn't like that. How do we trust this guy? Um Sawyer, he's such an arsehole early on. Of course, we get so much more depth to him, but I still got to love some of the moments from him. He's just, he gets some great one-liners. Um, and then, again, you talked about the other scene, Hurley and Saeed on the beach. I just love that scene. I've always loved that scene. I had a buddy who fought in the Gulf War. Who? The Republican Guard. It's just like, uh, all right, one of our <laughs> lead characters is a guy who used to torture Americans. Um, and and, and at the time, too, when they said the Gulf War, because, I mean, this is only, what, Iraq War started 2003, did it not? So this is yeah. a year after, not just, I mean, three is obviously 9-11, but, I mean, a lot closer to Iraq. I mean, this is Bush. This is, you know, Saddam Hussein, uh, weapons of mass destruction. You know, I'm pretty certain that uh, they were still hunting for Hussein at this point. So, still very topical. I mean, this would be like today, you know, them doing something to do with ISIS or something like that. You know, it's it's very fresh in people's minds. So, like, I think that's kind of, yeah, very, very topical and very much like straight away, as soon as you hear him, like, oh, he was on the enemy side. You're like, oh, well. And, like, and let's be honest, I think there probably was a whole point in the, the fan community about, like, oh, did he blow up the plane? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, again, it sounds disrespectful to say that. But, again, as you pointed out, like, it's three years after 9-11. This is still very, very, you know, fresh in people's minds. And, and I again, as I said, I still think it was a lot heated in 2004 compared to what it is today, considering it's still very heated today. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a great scene. Saeed's great. Um, I just love that uh, my name's Hurley and it's just a nice little interaction because it is such a big cast. These people, sometimes we don't realise how little screen time some of the characters actually share. So it's it's fun to see little things like Hurley and Saeed just chilling on the beach and stuff. And like Hurley's one liner of chain smoking jackass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have a problem. Him. 
that's us having a problem him. Um, and then we have the scene. <laughs> you thought you had a good scene with uh, Maggie Grace as Shannon. Uh, let's have a gratuitous scene of Kate in her underwear washing up in the in the water. Um, such an iconic shot of Evangeline Lilly and. Um, this, this, is the, this is the um, Ursula Andress scene of Lost. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, no, I'm just looking. That's what Sun should have said. That's what her subtitles say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the Finding Lost book. And says, no, I'm just looking. Um, uh, but, <laughs> that makes yeah. the scene so different right now. <laughs> I just want to see some gin walking in going, underneath the mango tree. <laughs> Um, <laughs> hashtag download 007 available on uh, <laughs> iTunes it is a little like cringe of like let's just get all the hot girls in bikinis but I, I like it it's, it's kind of showing Kate she's being free she's been trapped all this time so um, so we learned that transceiver is not picking up a signal they need a signal where from dun, 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 up in the mountains um we have a great scene of Jin trying to hand food to Hurley. You mentioned that, you know, it's out of character for Jin to be an arsehole, which I agree they overdo it early on because obviously they didn't know what the show would be. Um, but I think this is a little scene of, like, showing Jin's true character. that yeah. He's being a dick, but he's still trying to feed everyone in the camp. So I think we do get still glimpses of the real Jin. Um, uh we have a little bit of foreshadowing of Walt's comic book uh, with the polar bear. Uh, people still um, still debating whether or not Walt actually summoned up the polar bear, and we'll get into Walt's powers in a later episode. Um, we have a nice little scene. Again, a lot of Shannon and Boone. Uh, we have Shannon kind of... We've had her as a bitch, but we get a bit more of the... A bit more depth here where she's crying and she's looking at the guy who... I was a bitch to him and he wouldn't let us switch to first class. He saved our life. Uh, so it's nice to get a little bit more depth there to Shannon, um, which leads to Shannon and Boone arguing and Boone running away again like, like they always do. But um, it's nice. And then she runs over and says, I'm joining the hike too. Um and Kate's like, again, another great Shannon line. We're going to be Shannon fans on this podcast. But uh, Kate says, I don't think that's a good idea. And I love Shannon's line. She says, what are you, two years older than me? <laughs> it's so great. Um, Cat fight. <laughs> yeah, and we get a brief shot of Sawyer reading his letter, which will be become an important plot point later on. So I like that they had it all the way from the beginning. They had that set up. Um, so, yeah, again, a few just... Island uh, living moments, if you've got anything to add to any of them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that line. I was going to say, are <laughs> you like two years old? <laughs> I love Shannon so much. I can't believe, like, this is... We always discover this in all these episodes that, uh, like, when we're doing TV shows, that one of us will just, like, be really into a character. And then we often, when we get both of us really into a character, uh, they just kind of come be- become the cult person. Like, it's definitely Annie in, in Nip Tuck, and I, uh, we don't really have anyone. In, uh, it's kind of Jimmy, I guess, in Third Watch. But, um... Yeah, we've found it. It's definitely Shannon, Shannon. here in Lost. But like, I love her. She's just and like um the the bit where even Boone, like, what does he say? Like, you're sitting on your ass staring at bodies, and like <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like I can see why she's like. Again, I used to think she was so annoying because here she is, just like making it all about her. You know, like, oh, you know, we gave up the seat. But she oh, just, I've been through a trauma. Yeah, but she just, she just like, but like, it's Maggie Grace does it so well because, again, it's the character that she's playing. I mean, we talk about this so often in our other episodes. It's like, yeah, you can hate the character, but it's kind of like you, you've just got to give her props for really playing this really, you know, like, uh, me, me, me character. And you can imagine that this type of character would be like that in a situation, you know, the, the, uh, the very attractive, you know, girl who's used to kind of having everything her way. So, of course, she's going to act like this. And this is why, like, I love Boone because, like, early on, we don't necessarily know the entire background between these two. But just, like, because Boone's just, like, a little puppy, you know. Let's call Boone a puppy because he really is a puppy. He's cute, you know. He's just he's eager. Uh, he runs away a lot. <laughs> um, old Cummy Joe likes to pet him. <laughs> 
He likes True. to climb trees. We will leave that out. Oh, of <laughs> <laughs> oh poor Boone. Just, oh, anyway, I love Shannon and Boone. Um, I can't believe we're already starting on cult followings for people. Um, but where what it was won't it? last long. <laughs> no, spoiler alert. I love, I love Hurley when he's like, "Dude, I'm starving, but I'm nowhere near that hungry." And poor Jin, he's just all like, "Oh, oh you know, eat, eat." Yeah. And st- but again, like Hurley, like he's so lovable, but. A lot of times, Hurley is an idiot. Like Hurley is not an intelligent person. No. We'll see it in his flashbacks. Is he's really doesn't have a lot of social skills. He's and a lovable he's, loser, isn't he? Yeah, he, there's like we love him, but they actually wrote him as Hurley is not always the most intelligent person. Yeah, I, I like the um, the guy with the shrapnel in him, who we don't know who he is yet. But I like how. You know, Kate's obviously hovering around. And what, what does Jack say? Like, oh, that was yesterday. I thought he was going to be in the hospital by now. And it's kind of like uh, that, how that's going to lead into that, that scene with Hurley soon. Um, and also the um, the son with the... when does, Is that where she unbuttons herself when Kate kind of walks away? Or is that a little bit later? Am I... Because, am I, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I've seen Kate in my underwear, so I'm going to yeah, unbutton yeah. myself. But, yeah. um, yeah. We'll get some Yunjin Kim... Uh, Cating it up in the water in a later episode. We do. Isn't she topless? Isn't that where Michael walks in on her topless or something like that? Or- oh, oh, we get that too, yeah. Yeah, I'm just... Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I love... Um- I do like, like the letter with Sawyer. One thing I like about Sawyer and you kind of, when you, when you brought him up, like, I think I was like you, I hated Sawyer. Like just could not stand him. He was one of my least favorite characters. Um, and then just on the rewatch last year, he became one of my favorite characters. And I, I think he really is somebody that once you know his story, I mean, it's, it's great, obviously the first time around, you know, cause any show you meant to hate characters, of course, that's why they're written in a certain way, but you can appreciate them for a certain, you know, character uh when ben comes into it eventually oh god can we just wait for ben to come into this <laughs> show but um yeah and like i just knowing like that letter scene just staring because like i love one thing i i randomly like i like the fact that sawyer likes to read and like we have that random yeah, storyline don't we that he has to have glasses spoiler alert um and it's got it's just a weird little it doesn't mean anything but i just i just like the fact you got this real like redneck you know and of course, you're kind of assuming early on that maybe he's the prisoner because you know whatever. But he just likes to read. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what I love about the show is it's the depth of these characters that they go into, and like we'll get into it. But like Claire, she'll have random moments where she talks about star signs or something, and we never yeah. really get like we don't have the star sign Claire flashback, but we get the sense that oh, she's a bit of like not hippie, but she's a bit alternative and stuff like that, and. I'm sure there's moments like that with Shannon and Boone. Like, I love we the depth them. that it's not always obvious. It's just like, we never get the Sawyer likes to read flashback, but it's a character trait. <laughs> we missed on that one. We wasted on Jack's tattoo. <laughs> you know, Sawyer tries to read. But I mean, I, I like the fact like uh, when they all kind of come together, the little group, what did you say? Like Kate coming everywhere or whatever that thing is. Uh, but like when they all go walking off and, you know, Boone, I just love the way, because like the way like Shannon's all like, I'm coming with you and, you know, that's not a good idea. But like you don't really kind of see, like Boone obviously goes along just because Shannon is, you know, to protect her and that. But you, you don't really see Boone like stand up, oh, I'm coming with you too. You just kind of see this scene where they're all walking through the jungle and there's Boone little puppy trailing <laughs> on in the background. <laughs> like, I'll come too. I'll come too. And then I just love the way Sawyer kind of walks in and we get our first Sawyer-Kate, you know, little interaction. Because um, yeah. one thing, like, I think you mentioned before, like, how you get random interactions between characters. And this is one thing that I love talking up on the Third Watch ones is that there are some characters who just never interact. Yet when they have, like, a random scene, it's like, oh, he's a random scene between two people that we never see a storyline between. So I love that on ensemble shows where you'll randomly get two characters who have no reason to interact with each other, but they still find a way to do it. So just random. Do we ever see, uh, I don't know, Sawyer and Boone bromance it up? I don't think so. <laughs> like, it's just kind well, of... Well, Sawyer beats Boone up. But oh, that's true. Um, spoiler. Uh, poor Boone, don't beat a puppy up, you bastard, Sawyer. Um, but, yeah, I just... I, I like those kind of random little bits like that. Um, so basically we've got a new hunting party after the last three. And I kind of like like part one was our main two leads and our main star. And then this time is kind of, all right, we've seen them. And now we're going to move on a bit more to let's explore Saeed, Sawyer, Boone Shannon. And of course, Dominic Monaghan's still in there for the star power and Kate's there. Um, cause she had to be away from the shrapnel guy. Um, but like part one was some characters and then part two, we're getting the rest of them. Um, 
So we got the new team hiking up the hill with just my favourite song in all of Lost, I think, is the hiking theme. The dun 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 it's Michael Giacchino. Well I was right there. I was right there in the jungle. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did you watch the deleted scenes for this? I don't think I've ever watched any of the deleted scenes. No. Got, all right. I need to send you the link because it's another Shannon moment for us to geek out on. Is I, Absolutely. I highly recommend it. The deleted scene is called The Climb for anyone who wants to watch it. And it's for this moment. And basically, Charlie, drive shaft, really getting cocky. He's trying to chat up Shannon. Um. And he basically says, he's starting mumbling, you all live, buddy. You all live. He's like, can I ask you a question to Shannon? He's like, have you heard of the band Driveshaft? And Shannon goes, oh, I hate that band. I think I have seen that, actually. That does ring a bell. And I just love Charlie's like, oh. And, and then she's like, do you have, like, their one song stuck in your head? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh. It sucks to be you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have seen that now that you mentioned God, it. God, yeah. I, I wish they included it. I can see why they cut it, but it was great. Um, and don't you love Hi, Charlie, coming along for the... Yeah. Like, just showing up. Like, Are you coming? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, do we get any, like... I mean, I guess we can't, really, with overprotective Boone, because he's her brother. Why would he be overprotective? <clears throat> um, but, yeah, like, yeah, I love the way he just shows up randomly. I agree. Um, so then we also have, you mentioned it last episode. This is a pretty important scene, and I love that it's in the first episode. It could have been in the sixth, seventh episode. I love it's in the first episode. We get uh, old Gummy Joe... <laughs> John Locke's first proper introduction to the series without orange in his mouth. Um, and he's being all mysterious out on the beach, sitting down. I think it's a nice touch to look back on now and see most of his scenes in this first two episodes is him sitting, which if you look back on it after seeing episode four, I think is a really nice touch. Um, uh, but Walt comes up to him and Locke is playing uh, backgammon. It's a much better game than checkers um and he's basically explaining the rules of backgammon and how it's an ancient game that goes back many thousands of years before jesus christ hint hint um and he basically says there's two sides one light one dark um lock in episode one i'm calling it episode one it is episode one pretty much sums up the entire show of lost if that's not foreshadowing for you, I don't know what is. That's why I love this show so much. We have Locke talking about basically the premise of the show, and Abrams and Lindelof basically confirmed that even though they didn't necessarily know the whole Jacob Man in Black thing, they always knew that this show would boil down to a battle between light and dark. And they didn't necessarily have the details, but they knew from the get-go if this show got picked up, that's what it would be. Um so it's just so epic. Like my fanboy nerd just gets tingly over like a scene like this. I love it every time I watch it. It's so iconic. Um, and then you got to love uh, Lockers. You're having a bad month. Um, <laughs> but yeah, two players, two sides. One is light, one is dark. Oh my god, nerding out over that. Um, and then you've got old pedo gummy Joe. Uh, <laughs> Walt. Do you want to know a secret? <laughs> Come into this tent. Let me uh, share with something in my pocket. Put your hand in uh, here. But yeah, tell me you agree with me on this scene. It's oh, just I, so I messaged you when I watched this like an hour ago. Did I not? Like I'm like that sums up Lost right there. And um, I in, in the special feature that, that I have watched, like you get to the sixth season, and they isn't there even in one of the the previously on Lost. Like they show this scene constantly. I feel like this show, this scene is shown a lot in the last season. Uh, maybe it's just in one episode. I don't know. But I know this is revisited at some point, surely, in the sixth season. Um, but, yeah, this, I mean, if you want a summary of Lost, for all the people out there who are like, oh, Lost is convoluted, it doesn't make any sense, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. The fact that, as you just said, the fact that in the very first episode, they kind of at least knew the direction. They might not necessarily know the entire journey, but they knew what this show was going to be about. Uh, I mean, let, let's be honest. I'm going to use a weird example here for a show, but bear with me. How I Met Your Mother. 
the whole premise of the show is they'll get Ted Mosby is about telling the kids the story about how he met your mother. Now, spoiler alert here, the last episode is one of the worst episodes and the one of the worst conclusions to a TV show in the history of TV shows. It's a slap in the face to everybody who committed their entire 10 years to this show. And maybe I won't go into spoilers because if you haven't seen it, then whatever. It's, it's, it's a shit way to end the show. At least no matter what you can say about Lost and the way it does, the fact that they can get this in the very first episode and they sell this to you, Whereas in How I Met Your Mother, they kind of sell it to you in the first episode that, oh, that's Aunt Robin, she's not going to be your mother. But they end up together anyway. There's a spoiler. I said I wasn't going to spoil it, but I did anyway. Uh, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. It makes me so mad thinking about How I Met Your Mother the way it ended. That's another another episode. But, yeah, it just sells it perfectly. And I just think this right here, for all the people who rip shit into Lost about how it had no idea what it's doing, this, to me, is the point where you can just go, uh, yeah, what happened in the very first episode? Here you go. This is what happens, and they explain it. So, shut up. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. And the fact that it's Locke that says it, too. It's not like it's just random yeah. boon. You know? <laughs> yes, what? It's like, light and dark, light and dark. <laughs> um, it's, you know, <laughs> hashtag puppy boon. <laughs> Can we Photoshop a picture of Ian Summerholder on a puppy? There's There's probably probably one out there. <laughs> Come on. All the girls want to pet and stroke him. Um, what? Uh, but yeah, I just think it's great. Uh, can I just point out, I'm not a fan of Walt. Walt gives me the shits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm probably going to yeah, be we're so, talking about Walt. Like, Walt's kind of annoying. Um, but like, have you ever played backgammon? I've never played backgammon. I don't know what to no. do. No? Okay, cool. Thought I was... But I know there's two sides. One is why I wanted to... If we um, ever go around to somebody's house, you're going to play backgammon? No, but I know it's older than Jesus itself. And one it's a much better game than chickens. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Is it the oldest game in the world? Oh, I don't know. Locke says it. It must be true. Yeah, he's probably just making it up. He's a little kid. He won't know. Um, but, yeah, it's such a well-shot scene as well with Locke's close-up as well. Um, so I love it. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just quickly. There, I've Googled, Ian somehow a puppy... I haven't quite found a picture of his head on a puppy's body, but there's about 101 photos of him kissing a puppy, holding oh, a puppy, shirtless in summer holder, holding a puppy. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is just like women wet dream right here, isn't it? It's just like Ian hot guy summer holding holder. a dog right then and there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, God, um, I, I can see why, though. I mean, God, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you love the boons. I, I really um, do love five. It's great. <laughs> So we have a brief little scene of Jin giving Claire food, and she's more polite than uh, Hurley is. Uh, and we have the baby moving, so that's good for Claire. My baby is moving. Um, <laughs> Better Australian accent in a fake Australian accent than any American on this show doing an Australian accent. Next we have just a really iconic scene. and I think this is the scene that really sold me on the show. Because so far I was watching it and I'm, I was interested in the characters and they're surviving on an island. There's a guy who's dying with some shrapnel. Uh, but this scene, I think, really made me go, what the hell is going on with this show? Um, and this is when the party comes and there's something rustling in the branches. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a teeny tiny version of what killed the pilot. Um but basically, a thing comes out to attack them. Sawyer randomly has a gun, and he fires about five times and misses, but he finally shoots, and what he kills is a, a polar bear. That's right. On this island that also has a big monster, and no one's looking for them, is a polar bear. This is what had people talking, I think, after this uh, episode aired. Everyone was talking about, there's a freaking polar bear on the island. Um and you mentioned Sawyer eventually needing glasses. Don't you like the little touch here where he shoots like five times and misses and then... I just thought he was a stormtrooper. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then we'll have Sawyer shooting and missing something rather important and close up next episode as well. So that I like that they kind of retconned it in later that he needs glasses. Um, but yeah, they killed a polar bear. And I love the quote of... There's two major great memorable, some of the best quotes in the entire series here is someone says, where did that come from? Talking about the gun. And Sawyer says, 
Probably Bear Village. How the hell do I know? It's just a brilliant guy. Probably Bear Village. That's so entertaining. Just like, he's yeah. that guy who's just going to be an absolute dick in these situations. <laughs> and just like, Captain Obvious moments. Like, what is it in a minute when he says, like, I shot a bear? But yeah, that quote. Yeah, like, well, that was the other quote. come from is... Bear Village? I don't know. Uh, yeah, they're to- talking about the gun. You mentioned it. And he's like, I got off the marshal. Um... And they're like, we don't believe you. Yeah, I took it off the marshal. I took the gun. Thought it might come in handy. Guess what? I just shot a bear. <laughs> it's not the greatest quote in Lost. So, so he's pretty much always right. Like, just as, like, Boone is kind of like Mr. Eager, everyone shuts him down. Sawyer kind of is always right when he kind of has these things like this. Because it's like, yeah, why Why did you take it? I thought it might come in handy. I just shot a bear. Like- <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so now there's one gun in the picture. We'll be getting more later on, but there's one gun floating around, um, and we have Kate taking it off him and pretending not to know how to use the gun. Good acting there, Kate. Um, At this point, I think we're still supposed to assume that Sawyer is the criminal with the handcuffs. Um, And in between this, we've got Hurley passing out on the marshal, which is a fun little scene as well. but, yeah, this was so memorable, and this was what had everyone talking, I think. There was a polar bear on Lost Island. It's, um, I mean, it was, it was um, what did I watch uh, after I watched it last year where they were doing an interview with all the actors on the red carpet? Like, was it the anniversary of the pilot or something like that? And basically oh, yeah. all the actors said when they, like, asked the question, like, oh, what do people ask you the most? What What's with the polar bear? Like, that's pretty much all the actors will say. That's what always people use to ask. Which was freaking answered in the show. But I'll yeah. I mean, I, I think I used to be one of the people that was like, oh, God, what? they never answered that. But, like, it is answered. <laughs> so, I mean, I Very think we can clear. add that. We can add that onto our uh, questions at the end. Uh, and I just, yeah. actually, speaking of sort of adding things back, just backtracking slightly, just going back to the lock scene with the, the dark and light. I think that's a definite candidate for our uh, end of season recap of top five moments of the season. Uh, I think oh, that's, yeah. you know. There. Anyway, it's going to be hard. Like these two episodes alone have at least, yeah, yeah. oh for sure. But anyway, but um, but yeah, I just this whole sequence with it, and like, but th- I think this is what makes this show so great is that we we had obviously the mysteries in the first episode, you know, and we've obviously got those questions. But I mean, here you are in the middle. I mean, well, who thinks of this? You're in a tropical island, and there's going to be a polar bear. You know what I mean? And like, this is the thing that draws you back to watch because you're like, yeah, why is there a polar bear on the island? Where's Bear Village? Like, you know, like, I want to see Bear Village. So, this is why I think it's so great the way they do it. Um, just another Boone moment here. Poor little Boone, always shut down. Like, are we sure that's a polar bear? It's a polar bear. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, isn't it Saeed and um, Shannon say it both at the same time? It's, or is it Kate and Saeed? It's like, are we sure? It's, it's a polar bear, Boone. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> But I, I just, I like the reveal of it too, because I, and I also like automatically you think like, oh, wow, we got to see the monster pretty quickly, didn't we? But then obviously Charlie's like, oh no, that's just like a teeny tiny version of what's out there. Um, but I like the whole Sawyer situation, just like how, you know, he's obviously the stuff he said there, but um, yeah, you're led to believe he's it. And then Kate, the way she takes the gun and then kind of our first little sexual tension between Kate and Sawyer. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I think it's all so well done as we kind of get these slight reveals of, um, the characters here. So, but yeah, the polar bear, like most, one of the most talked about things in all of Lost that anybody, like, as you were saying, I think last episode that people started and just, you know, feigned off. They didn't watch how it ended, but you ask any casual Lost fan who watched the first season or the first few episodes, I'm sure that this is one of, if not the main thing that people automatically always remember. Oh, why the fuck was there a polar bear? That was never answered. Everyone remembers the polar bear. Right? Yeah. Um, and it just really solidified the whole, this is not an ordinary island, I need to watch, because this is so mysterious. I mean, there's another thing coming up, which, again, I'll put up for a candidate uh, that we're about to get to. But this, along with that, really, after two episodes, people were hooked because so much crazy stuff was going on in this island. Um, so after that, we have our last flashback, uh, it's Kate this time, confirmed that Kate is the prisoner, which is a pretty neat twist, I guess. Um, I didn't expect that. I remember No, I mean, everyone expect expects Sawyer, or even Saeed. Um, so, it's nice, uh, nice little twist that our main female protagonist is a criminal. Obviously, we don't know what she did yet, or anything, any details, but 
Yeah, it's a nice reveal, and we get more of a clear final picture of the plane crash, um, which is kind of cool to see it ripped apart from the back there. Um, somehow, Kimberly Joseph flew <laughs> from out of the middle section into the tail section before it landed. Because anyway. her backstory, now is that she actually is an Olympic athlete, and she sprinted <laughs> up the back because she's such a hero that she tried to save everyone, but she's just sadly on the back part of the plane. And uh, otherwise, we'd be talking about uh, he's our hero, Kimberly <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> yeah, but is, if, if her love interest is Gary True, engine guy, it, oh, it seems weird that she sad. wouldn't want to try and get to him uh, if she's an Olympic athlete. But anyway, um, sucked. It sucked to be Kimberly uh, Joseph's uh, love interest. See what I did there? <laughs> see, see what I did there? Yeah, our humor hasn't improved since you've been in Europe. Move on. Uh, alright so then drawing into the we get a little bit with the Marshall and Jack Jack takes her backstage a bit for this episode but where is she where is who Um, and then into the concluding scene which this I can still remember 13 years ago I can actually have memories of watching this scene because this was just something else. This is, I'm talking about when the team get to the high ground finally. Um, and Sawyer's saying, oh, now is the right time. Um, <laughs> this, I, if the polar bear didn't sell me, this cliffhanger, this kind of final scene, is just something else. I can't even explain it. This is me ultimately nerding out. Is This solidified it as a show like none other. We already know we're on a weird island but I remember this so clearly, vividly watching this, and just, it's so eerie, the scene, even now, after I've seen it 20 times, it's obviously not the raw reaction from the first time, but having the the transceiver pick up the message, and we've got this French girl talking, and it's just like, what is happening? And Charlie says, the French are coming. Um <laughs> I've never been so happy to hear the French. Charlie's me at that point. That's literally me at that point. Like, yeah, you missed all my French hate in the last year. But anyway, keep keep going. And and just getting that strange voice iteration, three, two, it's just so... I remember... I was quite young. I'm not going to say I was scared, but I just thought it was so eerie and just so out there and just... You really felt what they were feeling, like this confusion and then... The scene gets more tense and tense and tense as it goes on, uh, and we realise it's a loop, and this message is playing over and over, and then we have Shannon, who comes to the rescue. Star. She is the star um, of the episode, people. But can I just say, like, we have Boone here saying, come on, you spent a year in Paris. I can just say, I spent a year in Europe, and I lived in Denmark, and <laughs> if I was hearing a Danish message on there... I would not understand a single word of it. Um, I just, I just love her reaction. I went there to. What did you say? You lived a year in Paris. Yeah, to drink, yeah, drinking, <laughs> not studying. <laughs> um, but yeah, she gets to be a bit of a hero here. Um, but it's just when she starts reading them, I get creeps still. Tingles still listening to it is like they're dead. They're all dead. It's it's killed them. I'm stuck. I'm here alone. Um, and then she's saying this, and then Sawyer, oh, she's not! You don't even speak French! <laughs> um, God, I love Sawyer. Um, it's just, oh, I'm lost for words, this scene. And um, we learn that the French girl, this loop has been playing for 16 years. This is a distress call that's been on a loop for 16 years. Um, and then as Sawyer points out, well, why would it still be playing if she's been rescued? And then we get Charlie's great quote that ends out the two pilot episodes, which pretty much summarizes the entirety of Lost. If Locke didn't summarize it already, Charlie's great quote, guys, where are we? Lost. Insane. Um, I think I'm putting this up as a candidate for top five moments because this scene is what sold me as a Lost fan. This is what got me back next week for episode three. And I just remember being so weirded out and so... Like, I've never seen anything like this in my... I'm not sure if other people have that same reaction. It might just be a personal one for me, but this is the scene that completely 
solidified everything for Lost in Me, and I still get kind of creeps, even though I know the whole backstory of the French woman later on. It's still watching it was just that memory of the first time watching and just being so confused and so weirded out. Uh, I can only say good things about this scene. I think it's a highlight in the history of all of Lost. Well, you, you think about all the things that we raised in the first episode alone about uh, questions, and we'll obviously get to that at the end of this one, but, I mean, you know, already it's like, who's the French woman? Why has it been broadcasting for 16 years? Yeah. Where's the polar bear? Like, yeah. you know, like, why did Kim uh, Joseph go to the back of the plane? <laughs> like, I mean, it's just <laughs> so many questions. Um, but, yeah, the the Marshall waking up, where is she? It's kind of like that. That's in itself. I, I, I I like that scene weirdly just because it's kind of like we know obviously at that point Kate's the uh you know the the prisoner and but we're the only ones who know obviously the marshal does um, but yeah and obviously you think like oh no will he tell Jack like that's Jack's future wife like oh no like you know TV's Matthew Fox um, our hero he needs to hit her on a bus like um yeah it's is that joke inappropriate why do you keep saying oh. Oh, I guess, I guess, well, I, it's because I don't know if he actually did or was it ever proven. Alleged, sorry, okay, let me rephrase that. He allegedly might hit her on a bus in the future. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, if Matthew Fox is going to do this show, he's not going to do it because we're, like, making jokes about him. He's going to do it because he needs some attention. He's got nothing to do. <laughs> he's like, please, somebody talk about me. Um, hello, Matthew Fox. I actually like Matthew Fox. Um, yeah, the the I, I'm with you there, though. I feel definitely the kind of the whole mystery around just this radio and the earrings, because you, you're with them there at that point. You're still living this through their eyes. You're like, fuck, where are we? We're on an island. Um, and I think we kind of, uh, Colin and I talked about this on some of the, and I know you were very sad not to be on our Night of the Living Dead trilogy that we did. And kind of, we talked up through those episodes how they're shown through the survivor's eyes. We're not really seeing, you know, the the media response and kind of, you know, the global view of this, you know. And we're not seeing this from, like, someone back home watching TV. Like, oh, you know, the world is in mourning because TV's Kimberly Joseph is missing in the in the Pacific somewhere, you know what I mean? So, we're living this. And we, we don't know what is happening. So, kind of, that's it's so eerie to think, like, fuck, someone's there for 16 years. What guys, what hope have they got? They got, and, like, we've had that with the pilot in the first episode, you know, like, how long's it been? Oh, they should have been here by now, you know what I mean? So, it, yeah, just the way it's kind of all lived there, you just feel helpless for them. Yeah, um, that's, that's the great point that I didn't really hone in, is, like, yeah, 16 years, they're not getting off this island. Yeah, and, like, you, you imagine yourself in that situation. It's kind of like that old old question, like, oh, if you were stranded on a desert island, what three things would you take? And it's like, well, these people right now are like, fuck, I'm stranded on a desert island, and I didn't bring my iPod, my helicopter, and my endless supply of petrol. I'm screwed. <laughs> um, and, yeah, Shannon's clearly the star here. You know, she's spent a year drinking in France, but she was clearly, you know, drinking with the right French people because she learnt French. Um, and uh, I, I love the fact that it's like, the French are here, the French are coming. Like, that's nothing to be, you know, happy about. The French are probably there because they're retreating and letting somebody take over them. So, like, they're hiding out. So, that's clearly why the French are there. Hashtag French jokes. Ben hashtag still hates France. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like the fact that, <laughs> oh, so happy to hear the French. That, again, that is a perfect way of summing up. But, yeah, just the way it ends, um, you know, guys, where are we? It's just, yeah, perfect, perfect way to close it off. And I think that's kind of the two things that summarise all of Lost are done in these first two episodes, aren't they? Like, it's a battle between light and dark, and guys, where are we? And also the polar bear. One thing, because you were talking about how you love kind of the fan service and the consistency and stuff like that. I'm looking at uh, Finding Lost, the unofficial guide by esteemed author Nikki Stafford, and it has a translation of the message and i have this is the first this is obviously i've read the book before but i completely forgot about this this is a raw reaction is um the message says and this just makes me fall in love with this show even more that this was in the pilot episode she says if there's anyone who can hear this they are dead i'm trying to i'm going to try and go near the black rock which of course we know later on is the ship the the boat, yeah. And they mentioned this in the freaking message in the pilot that's in French that we so don't know So, if you speak French, if, you're, if you yeah. actually speak French and you can understand that, like, I mean, obviously, Shannon doesn't say that bit, but, like, yeah, like, that's, I guess, that's... the fan service, because if you're a French person watching this show, then you are going to hear that straight away. It's, tell me that's not just, like, the coolest thing. No, if that's you awesome. spoke that French, really you, you're going to hear them mention the Black Rock in the pilot. 
Yeah. Um, it's like uh, we- a little Easter egg, isn't it? Because, I mean, it's it's not like in two episodes time, Shannon like secretly tells Boone, like he's your water little puppy, but also, by the way, I didn't tell them about the black rock. Yeah. And, and I'm sure they didn't know what the black rock would be a hundred percent at that time, but it's still such a cool thing. Uh, she says, would you help us? They're all dead. Would you help us? It's outside. Would you help us? Would you help us? This is anyone who can hear this. I've told him to go to the black rock. Would you help us? They're all dead. They are dead. It's killed them. It's killed them all. I've told them to go to the Black Rock. It's giving me nerves just reading it. Um, chills down my spine. Uh, so that is one of my favourite scenes of all time of Lost. Um, and what a great way to end out this two-part pilot. <laughs> this 80-minute introduction to this TV show could not be more flawless. The only flaw I find is I think the polar bear has aged badly. I forgot to mention that. Um as in what, the, the, the effect of the polar the effects, bear? Or? Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, when it's on the ground. Or are you talking about when it's running? Just everything about the polar bear. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah I'd, I'd probably agree with that slightly. Uh, That's going mean- to get even worse in the episode with Michael Moore where we get graphics polar bear. Graphics polar bear? I don't think I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, Lucky. is that the one when he's in the tree? He's hiding yeah. in the tree. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sadly, didn't eat Walt, spoiler alert, but... Um, so what a great way to end off. Um, so we should get into, we already, uh, brought up a few of them, but questions and answers. I've got three of them for this one. You already brought up a few of them. Obviously, where did the polar bear come from? (laughs) No. Which will be answered. People who say that that was never answered. Uh, who is the French woman and what happened to her? Answered surprisingly sooner than I think a lot of people would think that it would have been answered. Um, and I also had, what is the secret Locke tells Walt? Because they cut away from that. Like, yeah. Want to know that, a secret? That's kind of almost like a forgettable one. And it's like, yeah. that, that, look, let's be honest. Like, that's one that doesn't age necessarily well either, because I guess it kind of like, I'm not saying this wasn't a thing back then, but I kind of think now, just with how a lot of the time with like men of a certain age and boys of a certain age, um, it's kind of like, it is a little bit creepy watching that now. And <laughs> I hate, the thing that I hate about that is the fact that we go there with that. Like, and that's not just from a podcast. Oh, let's make a joke about pedophilia. Like, it's just, it just, it shouldn't be a thing you want. Like, if you go back and watch an innocent show from the fifties and, you know, he's little Sam on, you know, cousin Johnny's lap, like, and it's kind of automatically you go to and Oh, gross. But like in the fifties, that was so innocent. Nobody thought that way. We're fucked now in you know, this day and age. But uh, yeah, I think that's definitely one. It's like, what's the secret we want to know? And I'm pretty sure it's answered quite soon. I mean, my lost, lost knowledge is quite good, but this one, I'm pretty sure he does say it in the next few episodes, but maybe it's later in the season. Um, is the secret what I think it is involving a wheelchair? That's the secret, right? No. Did I just spoil that for our listeners? <laughs> no, that's not the secret. Oh, it isn't? Oh. I believe the secret, and we'll check this, I believe there's a quote where Walt says, Mr. Walt, Mr. Locke told me a secret. He told me that this island is a special place. Uh, okay. I believe. Maybe I'm butchering that, but that's a lame secret if that's... Is that like the special so place where I've got candy? The... Or is yeah. that me just going there somewhere again? <laughs> I, I mean, it is related to the wheelchair because that's why Locke was calling it a special place, but I don't think he actually told him... Uh, the wheelchair. But anyway, we don't want to answer the questions that we're posing straight away. Yeah, uh, I just did that. <laughs> this. Don't listen anymore to the Oz Network. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Uh, so there we go. Uh, they're the major ones. Do you have any other ones? Or I think they're the main ones. Um, the baby? Claire's baby? Like, I guess that's that little one, though. That's not a major, major one. That's going to be answered soon. Like, the whole... Um, the, I, I guess, I guess uh, question about Kate. What did she do? Oh, yeah. Uh, what did... I think I was going to bring that up next one, but yeah, this one. What I guess, I mean, like, I know that's kind of, again, going back to what we said last episode about how, you know, we're going to find a hundred and one things to these to do with the characters. But I think that's important because I think that's important because it, it it defines her character where, and same with locks, like the secret, like, I mean, you know, there'll be little things like maybe you take the, the baby out of it with Claire because it's not really a huge deal. Whereas I'm not saying that a woman's baby <laughs> not moving isn't a big deal. I'm just saying in terms of the storyline. But like, yeah, I definitely, yeah, for, for yeah. the sake of the character of Kate, I think it's important to like, well, what did she do? And let's be honest, we're all thinking about it. We get a quite a quick resolution to that though, don't we? Isn't that next episode already? Uh, no, next episode we get show her on the run, but we don't find out what she did. Um, 
but we can add what what did Kate do to the list. But oh, what's very convenient to that is there's a season two episode called "What Kate Did." So, <laughs> is that the episode they explain it, or is that, that just a cop tease? They explain <laughs> when what Kate did. Um, oh, okay, good, good to know. Just wanted to clarify that one. But yeah, I'd add that. What did Kate do? Um, so that's the questions and answers. Hopefully, we can start more answers. But well, I think we'll get a few of them each week. Um, so then, moving on to ratings, <laughs> do we even need to buy it? To buy it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And just a spoiler: there's going to be a lot of these episodes in season one that I will be buying. I, I'm just going to tell you, at least for the next few weeks, you're going to be getting a lot of buys. Um, I think Noah, you will surprise yourself though, because I'm I was definitely like that into Third Watch and then into season two of Nip Tuck. But there's like in both Third Watch and Nip Tuck, I feel there's, I'm the only one out of all our co-hosts that have actually binned episodes in both. And I never thought I would bin an episode in Third Watch season one or bin an episode in Nip Tuck season two, which to me is almost a flawless season of TV. So, and there's a few renters as well. But like, I think the thing that you'll probably discover that even if you rent it, and you'll say this a lot, I feel it's like a rent of Lost is still a uh, triple buy. You know, it's worth <laughs> so much more of like a buy of some other shows. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, and I think kind of as such a fan of the show, you'll discover that you know it's going to be tough for you to do it. But even when you're renting, or even if you potentially bin an episode, which I'm sure you will, there will be some bins. Yeah, tattoos. Uh, but like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so but I, 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 I kind I of might surprise myself, but I can absolutely promise you these early season one episodes. <laughs> There will be a lot of buyers. Maybe later on I'll surprise myself, but I know for a fact. You, you're cast up from buying. Europe, so you've got a bit of money to spend. Yeah, I know which the first one I'll be renting, and I know what buyers. Um, but, you, you know... You literally quoted the fact I mentioned some passing references. You're like, season three, episode seven. So, like, I think you kind of probably can sit here right now and go, episode one, buy episode two, episode three, buy episode one, seven on rent, eight buy, nine buy, ten bin, eleven buy. <laughs> season one... Even though I think it's a near-perfect season of TV, it will have some bins. Um, it will have a few rents around the middle, but I am just spoiling you. A lot of these first, like, 12 episodes or so will be biased. Not all of them, but a lot. Um, but, yeah, that brings us to a conclusion of Pilot Part 2 of Lost, and I just got to say it, I think it's the best pilot ever made for any TV show. I don't know if it's my bias, but I think biased, but if you look at it objectively... I think it's near flawless at 99%. There's a few little things here and there, but I think this episode is just near perfect to an t- episode of television. Look, I don't know if I could agree entirely with that, but, I mean, I think it's definitely up there. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have some bias towards certain shows. I mean, even, again, bias towards Nip Tuck and Third Watch that we covered, and we both talked up those pilots heavily. Um, but I, I guess with anything where you love as much, you're going to talk up more in terms of that. But I mean, you know, I definitely could think of some other shows. The good thing about Lost though, that I think it does it perfectly is it sets up this show. And that's what a good pilot should do is set it up to what you're going to expect, particularly if you know, you're going to be, you know, watching this for six years. And look, I, I, like I have not, and this is again, not trying to be funny with anything in terms of desperate housewife references, but I guess it's important I think it is sometimes in context to point out how big of a show that was from the same network. I mean, ABC really did shoot out of the gun with their two big hits. It was Grey's Anatomy, because that came out the same time. I fucking hate that show, and I don't want to ever reference that again. But, like, if ABC had three shows like that, that's a big deal for a network to have three huge hits all at once. But I, I, I vastly remember the Desperate Housewives pilot. And whether you love or hate the show, you're probably still in that barrier who maybe just checked it out for the sake of it. And I think the thing that Desperate Housewives did very well as well, similar to Lost, is set up what the show was going to be about. Um, and I definitely think that uh, it was a good year to be some network pilot executives on ABC that year. Uh, didn't you say one of them got fired? I hope whoever got replaced uh, got a big bonus or something <laughs> like that because ABC was swimming in some good hits in, in 2004, that's for sure. Yeah, so this... Like, if we ever do a rankings of all the episodes, I think this would easily be in the top 10, right? Or at least top 20. It's just... It's such a great kickoff to the well, show. Well, Noah Grows, on that note, and I'm, I'm just, I know there's probably 30,000 different lists out there in terms of ranking episodes, but I'm sure right now, if I was to quickly quickly click on uh, IMDB here while you wrap it up, I'm sure I can see the viewer. We did this on Third Watch. We got the ratings of the episodes, and I'll see what the users on IMDB do if you want to quickly close this out, because I, I, I don't doubt for a fact 
that um yeah it would be it would be definitely up there in terms of um the users uh you know agreeing with that for sure yeah i I feel like we covered a lot but we also just missed so much there's just so much in this opening two episodes and luckily we're watching a show where each character gets their own episode so we're going to talk a lot about the characters individually in their own episodes um but yeah we'll revisit the pilot maybe again one day um so next week we have uh, Tabula Rasa, which is episode two or episode three, however you want to look at it. It's the first traditional flashback episode. Uh, it will be Kate, and we'll be seeing what Kate was doing in Australia and why she was on Oceania 8.15. We got a bit of a teaser of it this week, and next week will be a conclusion to that storyline involving the Marshall. So I think it's a good one. It's not the best episode, most iconic of Lost, but for like a a follow-up to the pilot, it's pretty damn good. So I'm looking forward to that. Third episodes um, are sometimes some of the hardest, though, I think, of shows. Yeah, particularly, it's like the you know, difficult if, second album kind of Yeah, thing. it's kind of, it's it's always there. So, I mean, I, I, I haven't watched it yet in preparation for the episode, so um, I obviously haven't uh, got the, the strongest memories of it uh, based on what I saw last year. But knowing kind of loosely what it's on, as I mentioned with the Kate reference, I kind of... Remember that. Look out for some very bad Australian accents, as per usual. We will well, kind of get that. this one, they got an Australian actor. Well, but even Australian then, he still guy. doesn't sound Australian to me. <laughs> I, oh, I, I like Ray Mullen. Keep an eye out for Ray Mullen. He's kind of one of my favourite one-off episode characters. So. Um, just quickly, though, I've pulled up. I've got these ratings here on IMDb. So, the pilot, part one, apparently is about, if I count, that's about the 12th best-rated episode on IMDb. Yeah, so top 10. And the part two is about the... 15th. Uh, did you want to know what the top one is, or do we want to keep that a surprise? Well, I know what it would be. It's, it's a constant. No, that's number two. Oh, it's Num- through the looking glass. Yep, that's number one. Uh, and season one, uh, the highest rated episodes in season one are Exodus Part 2 and Exodus Part 2. Uh, so <laughs> Exodus Part 2, Part 1, and Exodus Part 2, Part 2. And they come in at uh, 5th and 6th. So yeah, there you go. No surprise. And the worst episode, Noah? Stranger in a Strange Land. <laughs> Correct. Although, this is the opening of our Lost rewatch. I'll just give a bit of a tease. It's not actually my least favourite episode of Lost. So the there's a bit, three, of a bit of a tease. Stranger in a Strange Land, you. Fire Plus Water, and What Kate Does. <laughs> <laughs> That's not What Kate Did. That's What Kate Does. That's a what separate Kate one. What Kate Does. Oh, okay, right. Sorry. Of course it is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Fire Plus Water, garbage as well. But neither of those three are my least favourite episode of Lost. So a bit of a teaser for you. Um, oh, looking forward. He's keeping us on the edge of our seat here. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, looking forward to Tabula Rasa. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, all the fun stuff, iTunes. Uh, make sure you download some of our other shows. And in the meantime, I've been Noah. And do you want to know a secret? And my name is Ben, and guess what? I recorded a podcast. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.